Hey, y'all, before we get started, are you following me on Instagram? Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. I've already looked you up. I already know. But it's okay. All you got to do is go to Heather Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y, over on the IG. Slide into my DMs. Let me know you found me from the show. And say hi. I'd love to hear from you. Again, that is at Heather Parody, P-A-R-A-D-Y, over on IG. I'll tell you what, if there's one thing that comes up more than any other topic in our mastermind groups and our Facebook group and one-on-one conversations, it's this idea around gaining better clarity around our brand and what we actually want to create in the world. And I think this is something that's always evolving. And so it's not necessarily, I don't know, I'm sure some people would disagree with me, a destination, but more of a awareness of where you're at right now. But I ran across this guy named Nathan Holritz, who is an entrepreneur based in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He's formerly a wedding photographer, but then transitioned as the CEO of PhotographersEdit.com, which is a custom editing house for professional photographers, and Milieu, which is an event management app for photographers. He's an entrepreneur. And let me tell you, I think his gift is, it's complete opposite of what mine is like. He's great at simplifying things where I tend to overcomplicate it. Are you like me? Are you like Nathan? But he's going to share with us today how gaining clarity and simplifying our brand position will help us be less busy, less stress, and not only be more successful, but have more fun. Nathan, I've already told you I'm a big fan of yours. It's so cool having you on the show. I've listened to hours and hours and hours of your content because it's helped me a lot. And I know it's going to help a lot of creatives who are listening to this right now. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us. You're super sweet. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. It's fun to be on the other side of the interview process. It's weird, isn't it? Be interviewed. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be fun. What drew me to your work, and I think what is going to be the major takeaway for a lot of people listening, is I feel like you have a gift, uh, maybe one that you crafted, maybe one that you were born with, of kind of looking at a big picture with all these details and be able to bring it together in a cohesive story that you can translate and make sense to another person. And I think that's where a lot of creative people get stuck is we have all these ideas, we have all these experiences, we have all these ambitions. And then we go to the marketplace and we're like, I'm this, 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 this. And I did this and I love penguins and all this stuff. And (laughs) nobody knows what the hell like we are or what we do. And I'm first in line with that because I know I say I'm multifaceted, right? But it's so important for us to be able to communicate accurately what we offer this world in order to make the kind of difference that we want to make through our work. Um, I know this is going to be a very high level question and I know you like tactical stuff. But can you explain to us a little bit, maybe the importance, why you're passionate about helping bring everything together cohesively? Like, why does that matter when I'm multifaceted? That's how I was born. (laughs) I think if we were to sum it up with one word, it would be clarity. I want clarity in in my life. And I won't bore everybody with all the all the gory details, but I have been so many times over stressed out by too many different moving parts. Oh, man. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, as business owners, we face that on a regular basis, right? We're, we are the list of things as a sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. So for my clarity, well, I guess just for my mental health's sake, I want to simplify. That's, my, that's where I tend to lean. In many cases, I'm guilty of oversimplifying. But I think what happens as business owners is that we have so many moving parts and we just constantly react to whatever the thing is in front of us or whatever the notification that's coming in. And we just jump to that and we jump to this and we jump to that. 
And it certainly keeps us from being as effective a business owner as we can, mm-hmm. but it also causes mm-hmm. a lot of mental stress, emotional stress in the end. Yeah. And that, I, that's just not the life that I want to live. So the thought process is to take a step back from the noise, the chaos, and establish a clear direction for mm-hmm. myself. First of all, personally, yep. and then that should naturally translate to what I'm doing with my business. And then that gives me clarity. It gives me direction and how I spend my time. And as a result, it alleviates a lot of that stress, which is so wonderful. I'll speak for me in my own experience. I feel as though there's a lot of fear wrapped up in clarity because I'm afraid to actually get down to the core root of what are you really and what do you really want? Because that's what we get down to the core of it is what do you really want? What do you want to put out in the world? And that's a hard question to ask. We were just talking earlier. Most of this stuff is a lot of deep inner work where you really have to be honest with yourself, own part of your story, all of that. Am I the only one in that? Do you think that there's some maybe fear wrapped up in it? Like, is this, am I making this too existential? Like, is there a crisis going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, where I would push back here, and, and it was interesting, you differentiated between, uh, well, first of all, the quote unquote person that we are, and then the mm. person that we want to be second. Mm. And I would tend to lean in the direction of that, that second phrase. We have given way too much importance in our culture to the idea of finding, quote unquote, finding ourselves or finding oh boy. out who we are as though there's this thing that we're going to somehow tangibly land on and be like, oh, that's who I am. Now yeah. I can be that thing. Yeah. And and interestingly enough, it ties into what we were talking about. I, I think that desire, I mean, it's romantic in nature, this, you know, this nebulous concept that we're going to land on and be like, oh, that's me. And now everything's going to make sense. We want that as human beings because we want to make sense of our of our lives, of our world, right? Right. So it's understandable, but it doesn't. It, it's a misnomer. It's a construct. And at the end of the day, if instead of looking for ourselves, we make a decision. To your point about who we want to be, and then look at what steps we need to take to get to that place. First of all, you know, as much as we obsess in our culture about the notion of empowerment. Mm. We're giving up a lot of that so-called power by going and just trying to find this nebulous thing or giving too much weight to a, you know, an Enneagram number or a personality test, somebody else telling us who we are. Let's make that choice ourselves and decide who we want to be. For myself, I have kind of a list of values that I try to live by. That's the person I want to be. And literally everything that I do on a day-to-day basis is going to be driven by those principles. And everything else kind of falls into place under that. So mm-hmm. I would encourage everybody to make a choice. I actually have the the Japanese kanji on my uh, the inner wrist, my right wrist, actually. Um, and the word is sentaku, the Japanese word sentaku, and that is choice. And I have the ability to make a choice about the person I want to be and then figure out how to get to that place. That's way more empowering and enabling. And again, it brings us back to the kind of clarity that I think we all want at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Yeah. What I love about listening to you, and we'll link up your show in the show notes, highly recommend it. Like, like I was telling you before, I'm a dabble in photography. I left that a few years ago, but I still get so much out of listening to you consulting with other photographers. The spec, did you say that word again? Specificity. Y'all listen. I really struggle <laughs> pronouncing words. That word, the, the way that, you know, somebody will come to you and they'll say, I am this, and this is what I want to create out in the world. I'm just going to say, like, I remember listening to a, you know, I want to do black and white photography and it's like timeless stuff and kind of classic or whatever. And you're like, 
get down even more, like even get even more specific than that. And the pushback that sometimes I think we might feel is, well, I don't know, Nathan, I don't know. That's, that's all I have. And I'm a little afraid to go a little bit deeper because I'm not sure I'm going to like that or not. Why do you push so much for getting even deeper with what we want to create and being bold enough to say, this is what I do? Yeah. So brand position, bringing it back to that topic of brand position, the space that we're working in as entrepreneurs in most cases is crowded. As a photographer, for example, yes, wedding photography, I, I shot weddings for over 10 years. There are so many wedding photographers just in the little Chattanooga market that I live in, much mm-hmm. more certainly in the region and, and so on and so forth. And so we have to look for ways to be able to stand out to the attention of the potential customer that we're trying to reach. One of the ways that we can do that is specificity. Rather than just good job, I just want you to keep (laughs) pronouncing that word. (laughs) Well, I actually think back to networking meetings that I used to go to as a photographer. I'd go to these vendor meetings, and we'd all sit around. And sometimes you might have four, five, six, seven photographers there. They, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's too much BS going on in the interactions. It just feels super fake to me, Uh, Mm -hmm. and I'd have to kind of reframe the way that I approached it if I were to ever be involved in them actively again. But nonetheless, in those meetings, you'd have sometimes multiple photographers, and you'd have one photographer after another in front of these vendors, these people that they want to work with, the photographers want to work with. Yeah, they have an opportunity to make a stamp, to make an impact, and what do they do? They stand up and essentially repeat. Um, largely the same thing that the, the photographer right before them said. Yes. Or the, the, fun, the, the most fun one is they'll stand up and say, I'm so-and-so photography and I specialize in, and then they list like five different genres of photography. Mm. You lost me already. Now, you're not mm-hmm. actually specializing in five different types of photography. You're just another photographer now. Now, yep. if you get up and say, I specialize in black and white wedding photographer for Chattanooga couples... Wow, I know exactly what your brand is about. So for the sake of clarity, coming from the other side, for the vendors, the the people that you may want to develop working relationships with, there's clarity there. But now when that potential client comes to your website, they land on your website immediately, they have that kind of specificity, they're able to make a decision almost instantly, does this person fit what I'm looking for or not? Mm -hmm. And that kind of clarity enables you to be able to stand out from the rest. You're not just a wedding photographer or a portrait photographer or an event photographer or a commercial photographer anymore. You stand for something very, very specific. So it brings clarity to that interaction. And then it also brings clarity on a day-to-day basis to your the way that you're spending your time as an entrepreneur. Right. It literally drives everything if you've got that clear and distinct brand position. How do I know I've gone down deep enough and have really clarified? Really, it's as simple as looking at your marketplace. So if you have, if there are, let's call it 10 wedding photographers in the local marketplace and in most marketplaces, there's going to be probably like 10 X that, but right. um, let's say there are 10 of those 10 wedding photographers. If, if you're looking at the services that they offer, the messaging on their website and your message stands out distinctly from them, let's say mm-hmm. you offer the same service or you photograph the same genre, wedding photographs or wedding photography. You need to be able to offer a variation that stands in distinct contrast to the services that the other wedding photographers are offering. And it's really as simple as that. It's, we don't have to, to over-intellectualize it. The goal is to simply offer a service that is distinctly different from the rest of the photographers or in you know, whatever entrepreneur's case, the rest of their so-called competition in that marketplace. It just needs to be distinct. And then you need to back it up too. You can't just say it. 
You've got to have it there above the fold on the homepage of your site. You need to put it in your social media profile. But then the whole experience that that client then has with you mm-hmm. needs to completely back up that position statement, that message. You've got to make sure the experience match- matches the message. I love that. Again, y'all, linked in the show notes, but in your show, you actually screen share and show you Google like ex photographer and what's going on in that city and you pull apart like what people in that area are offering and how this person you're consulting with can differentiate themselves. What about when we have a bigger brand that is beyond just our city? And there's, you know, I know you you have a couple companies right now and differentiating yourself when it's a bigger market than just your town. I mean, you go through the exact same process. Exact same. So really? when we, at my editing company, I own an editing company called Photographers mm-hmm. Edit. We do post-production work for professional photographers. And when we started, when I looked at the marketplace, the primary competition at the time, and really the primary competitor, the main person or main company that we would be competing against, their pricing was super complicated. You, you had to like look at a PDF or download a PDF and literally get a calculator out to figure out how much the service was going to cost if you submitted a wedding to them, for example. Mm-hmm. So it was complicated. It was also expensive. So what do you do in a situation where your competition is complicated and expensive? You go simple and less expensive or simple. And you don't really want to run in the position of cheap, but you're certainly Mm going to bring the price point down so that you stand in contrast to the service that they're offering. And that is literally what we did. It's exactly what we did. And the service grew relatively quickly. um, And I would venture that at least part of the reason for that was that distinct difference between the two. I knew that wedding photographers weren't photographing or charging enough for wedding photography to then go pay six, 800 bucks to have a wedding processed by this post-production company. We were able to bring it down to a place where it was like a third of that cost or maybe a quarter of that cost. And not only that, when you went to place an order, it was a very, very simple order form. You didn't have to wade through a bunch of stuff, really simple order form, submit it, you were done. So all you have to do is look at the competition, see what they're doing, do something in contrast to that. And at that point, it, we, we kind of take you, you alluded to, you know, the feelings that we deal with, the internal feelings, especially mm-hmm. as creatives, certainly as entrepreneurs. And we let our emotions kind of take us away and we get distracted. Yeah, we do. We got to be, it, it, there's nothing wrong with emotion. I'm a super emotional guy. I get excited and happy mm-hmm, and romantic, mm-hmm. all the things. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I realized too, that if I let that rule, then it's going to hurt my ability as a business owner. It's going to hurt my efforts as a business owner. So on a very simple, practical level, we can take out the feelings for a second. Just look at the marketplace, see where there is a hole in the marketplace where somebody is not serving or meeting a particular need. Go there, stand on that, and then make sure everything backs it up. What if I just want to follow my passion and my passion is broad and big and um, I don't see a gap for it in the marketplace? I love mindset and I just want to talk about mindset. Yeah. Well, so if you go broad, you are going to likely get lost in the mix. So there's nothing wrong with having a passion. Just find a variation on that passion. That's one of the things that I teach when I teach brand position specifically. Our podcast variation of that passion. I like Mm -hmm. that. We we talk about a a wide variety of things on the podcast. That, by the way, I think you kind of alluded to this already. Are actually quite relevant to most entrepreneurs. It's not absolutely photography. But when we do talk about brand position and I do those brand position consults, that's one of the ways that I suggest you can develop a distinct brand position is to offer very simply offer a variation on the service. So, mm-hmm. you know, for example, if, if you are going to, I, I used the example earlier, black and white wedding photographer in Chattanooga. If that 
position was already taken in that market, what, what yep. could I do? I could even drill down further. I could pick a very specific element of or segment of the yep. Chattanooga marketplace. So I could say I'm a black and white wedding photographer for Chattanooga skateboarders. Mm-hmm. Super specific. Mm-hmm. Now, the flip side of that conversation is you have to make sure there is enough market to support your financial goals, right? Right. So if I specifically want to work with skateboarders and offer black and white wedding photography to them, I may have to go beyond the Chattanooga market. I may have to expand my marketplace in mm-hmm. order to support my financial goals. And I know those financial goals because I've established that big picture view we talked about earlier, the, right. the big picture goals. They drive what I do. Um, but you do have to look at the marketplace and whether or not that'll support what it is that you're passionate about. And if need be, just adjust, offer a variation on that so-called passion or target a different segment of the market um, in order to support those financial goals that you have. Can you walk us through exactly what you do on your show with people? Just so if people are at home wanting to do a little bit more research, you, you literally go to Google, right? That's it. Really, <laughs> we make yeah. it so complicated, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we all do. And by the way, I'm guilty of it too. This I'm, yeah. pa- I'm trying to practice what I preach, right? Because I, I know that I overcomplicate things as well. But it's really as simple as that. For any entrepreneur in any marketplace, all you have to do is go to Google. And most entrepreneurs, are they're focused on their local market. So you search your marketplace, Chattanooga, and then whatever business you're in or service that you're involved in. And start and look at the first three or four pages worth mm-hmm. of results. And literally mm-hmm. click on each website and look at the messaging there on the site, look at the services being offered, and you'll develop perspective. You'll know who and what is going on around you, but then you'll also know the messaging that you need to stand in contrast to. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I really appreciate is you kind of combat broad words like we use all these like fluffy <laughs> create and man i was i'm so guilty of that like especially when because if we were to translate this over to what i'm doing right now it'd be for my show and so when i first started this show i would name the my, my podcast titles were so good it sound like a novel <laughs> it was like you know when you're climbing the mountain and it's so hard and the anxiety fills your soul and what do you do in those moments yeah. of trying you know like it was just like so dramatic and I thought they were great, but then I got to a point a couple of years in it. I'm like, nobody knows what the hell this episode's about. You know what I mean? They're not going to click on this. But I thought it was creative. I thought I was being whatever. And I think yeah. we do that a lot in our messaging. And you talk a lot about that, about, you know, people don't want all the fluff, like get to the point. I do this, Janet. <laughs> right. Yeah. And a lot of times I've run into conversations with photographers in particular, where I do ask them what they're about, what they do. And I, there may be some nerves involved in the moment, so this that may play in, but their their tendency is to take paragraphs of text or, or words mm-hmm. expressed to communicate what it is that they do. And it, it's people are going to get bored very quickly. They may put on a smile yeah. for the sake of that networking meeting, but their eyes are glazing over. And you'll be able to tell if you're paying even halfway attention that they're kind of losing interest. So mm. not only come up with a way that is clear and concise and simple in the way that you're able to communicate it. But also think about the way that it might grab their attention. Now, when somebody comes to your website, you want to very specifically tell them what service it is that you offer. And that service should stand in contrast to what your competition is offering. So for example, photographers edit now, we actually ended up shifting our brand position based on what the market was doing. We were looking at our competition, they were shifting in the marketplace, the the type of services that were being offered. How often do you do that? um, We've done this really only twice. Okay. Uh, when we got started and then we made the bigger shift, hmm, it was about four years ago, five years ago, something like that. Okay. And so it was an opportunity to shift yet again and it worked out well 
anyway, because photographers were were actually looking for more customization. Meanwhile, the, the industry was kind of going the cheaper route, subscription model, so forth. And so we said, okay, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna pivot and we're gonna go focus on custom. Whereas before it was simple classic approach to post-production work because of the way the industry was shifting we had to shift the message and shift the brand position and we did that and that's what we're specialized in now is very simply so if you go to our website it's custom image editing for professional photographers simple as that and and then you could add subtext that to build on the idea what you know what segment of the market of professional photographers you offer the service to for example Mm -hmm. But that initial message only needs to be a few words in length. Now, if you're going to a networking meeting, for example, if somebody were to come up to me and ask, what, what do you do professionally? If I, at a general networking meeting, said I offer post-production to professional wedding photographers, again, they would glaze over because most people don't have any frame of reference. They don't right. have context. They don't right. know what that means. I could very simply in that case say to them, I build businesses that save entrepreneurs time. Boom. Very simple. And now there's, it's compelling because it is vague enough to beg more questions. Questions. Interesting. But it's also specific enough because I, I, in fact, literally I have, if you go to my social media profiles, it says I build businesses that save people time and encourage Mm -hmm. happy relationships. Yes. And I can explain that a little bit more if you'd like, but that, that right there, it sums up what it is that I do as an entrepreneur and, and literally everything I do is driven by that those two principles, those two concepts. So when I say that to somebody at a networking meeting, for example, that is more relevant, feels more relevant, and it kind of brings them into the conversation. Oh, you you build businesses that save time. What do you mean by that? And now I can explain to them and it gives them a little bit more context. So I'm not talking mm. about something like post-production that they can't relate to. I mm. save photographers time. Oh, how do you do that? I have a company that processes their images for them so they can get out from behind the computer and go spend time with their family, thus building happier relationships. Oh, that's really cool. Makes sense. You know, doing some of this research and stuff, I know that imposter syndrome probably comes in. There's so many people doing it. They're so well. And I I don't have a designer for my website and blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, it would be easy to kind of go into this heavy research and with the intent of how to differentiate yourself and maybe come out of it feeling whooped. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm. Any mindset stuff, you know, about looking at this critically and not beating ourselves up over it if we're not where we want to be. You just got to do. And and it's that may seem simplistic. But again, the reality is we we live in a first world culture where we have the luxury of sitting around and analyzing our analyzation. Come on. Sitting and just spending time in here. Yeah. We're giving ourselves so much importance and our feelings so much importance that Again, we're getting distracted and we're getting lost and we're getting confused. Mm. We mm. really just need to get out and do. And, and it's all about small steps consistently. And it may sound cliche, but I would, I would uh, venture that most are not willing to do those things or have not tried those things. So yeah. small steps consistently. Yeah, you may not have a designer. Maybe you can't afford to, to get a web designer involved right now. But it's really not hard to go on to a, a tool like Squarespace, for example. And yeah quickly throw together a page and put some text on on it. I mean, yep. it's, it's really just that easy now. So don't make excuses. Look for solutions. You establish yep. the goals that you're trying to, to achieve and then look for simple solutions. You may have to break them down into multiple steps, but take those small steps and do it consistently. And you're going to see progress over time and be encouraged as a result. That's it. And I feel like, you know, following your advice and what you preach of getting very, very clear 
and uh, standing out is going to just far surpass any any kind of fancy tech stuff. You can have a crappy website. You know, I'm not advocating for that. But man, if your message <laughs> is on point, I mean, really, if your message is on point compared to the next guy and you really stand out creatively with that. Yeah. But but to your earlier point, when we say standing out creatively, I would just encourage your listeners, your viewers to not get so obsessed with being creative. Be obsessed right. with a clear message that will resonate with a, an eight-year-old. Right. Don't don't make it complicated. Don't make it fluffy. Fluffy is nice maybe for some of the filler text later on in the site. But when that person lands on the homepage of your site, what they need to be able to see, I think I mentioned the phrase above the fold earlier. What that simply means yes. is before yes. you scroll anywhere on, the, on your mobile phone, on a browser, or in your desktop or laptop, that message, that brand position statement, I would say no longer than, like, we'll call it six words if, if at all possible. That brand position statement, big text, bold even, needs to immediately communicate to them in words and vocabulary that will resonate with the average individual what service you offer and how that's different from anybody else in your marketplace. Right. Simple as that. What service we offer and how is that different in six words or less? Mm -hmm. That's the brand position statement. There you go. Boom. I have some questions from um, our listeners. But before we dig into that, we'll wrap up with, with those. I want to kind of pull it back into a high level overview of... I'm just curious. You spent, correct me if I'm wrong, about 10 years, I think you said, as a as a photographer. Um, and now you've shifted gears. You're running multiple businesses, have a big team. You're helping people with their brand positioning, all with the intent, what you said earlier, of saving time and really putting an emphasis on relationships. And I'm wondering if there's a story. Is there a reason why your your heart shifted towards that? Why is that your mission now? It's very, very personal. I, I wanted, very simply, I wanted more time with my dad growing up. He he was super busy with the work that he was doing. And I enjoyed hanging out with him. I enjoyed spending time with him. I wanted more of that. And that impacted me pretty significantly. And so I want to... Was he an uh, entrepreneur? He was not. He was in, he was in mission work, actually. And really? I, I guess in a, in a sense, you could call that entrepreneurial work in some ways. But nonetheless, yeah. Super, what country? Super busy. We actually grew up in Japan. Uh, what? I spent about 10 years of my life in Japan. Yeah. Oh, the tattoo. I get it. Okay. There you go. Do <laughs> you actually know what that says? You can read it. <laughs> That's Sentaku. And I actually have uh, the, the letters on my, my other wrist, um, the, the kanji for the word belief or kakushin is the, the Japanese word. That's cool. I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Okay. So you wanted to spend time with your dad. He was busy. Yeah. And so yeah. knowing what that felt like, I wanted, I have two kids. They're now 19 and 16, but I had, I wanted to be able to spend time. You have a 19 year old? I do. Yeah. You look like you're 24, dude. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. He's he's going into his sophomore year in college ah, this year. Man. But I just wanted to be able to give time to them. And personally, I wanted to have freedom and flexibility for myself as well. Yeah. So I and then of course ultimately I want to be able to to help others in that same regard. Because I, I I see and hear photographers, I've been in the industry now for about 20 years, and wow. I see and hear photographers talk endlessly about how busy they are and up until all hours of the night and in front of their computer editing and so forth. And I know how that interrupts relationships. It could be friendships, mm -hmm. it could be family relationships, mm -hmm. a partner, whatever it might be, but it interrupts their ability to be able to give important time and attention to relationships. It also keeps them from being able to sit around and watch Netflix if they want to do that too. But relationships, it's its the thing at the end of the day that, that we really can't get back. Sure, we can go build another one, but the, the core relationships, the close friends, the family members, I, I just want to make sure that that 
I'm giving those relationships the attentions that I need to. Yeah. And I want to make sure that others are, are able to do the same thing, that they're not letting those relationships suffer as a result of being, quote unquote, busy. There's really no reason to be busy most of the time. There are certainly these spurts in our yeah. lives. I mean, I'm in the middle of one right now, actually, as entrepreneurs, where things are going to be kind of crazy and you're working late hours and that kind of thing. That's fine. But the majority of the time shouldn't be that way. That's not good for our health. It's not good for Come relationships. On. And so I just want to help entrepreneurs be able to avoid that. Right now, I'm doing this specifically in the, the photography space. But I think it's important that that um, that we prioritize that. And there are ways to do it. And we talk a lot about that on the podcast as well. Yeah. It's it's ironic because you know I have all these dreams and things that I'm working on and during the day I'm consumed with it. But I've been, you know, practicing gratitude for a few years. And every morning when I get up to write Before what I'm grateful that, you just for. Thankful? I wasn't at all. I was so mad at the world. <laughs> um, but it's always my girls. It is always my girls. It's never that somebody said yes on this or I signed a client. I'm very grateful for that. But what always comes up for me in the morning when I think about what are you really grateful for? It's like I went and jumped on the trampoline with Lucy. You know what I mean? And those are the moments that stick out in your head. And it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, that's legacy work, dude. I'm I mad respect for it. Before we get into these questions, let's give you an opportunity to share where people can find you online, stalk you and listen to your awesome show. I've, I've been through so many of them. They're so good. I, I, I truly appreciate the encouragement as a fellow podcaster too. And I have to say the truly, I, I don't get an opportunity to meet a lot of great conversationalists. You're really good at it. So thank props you. to you. For thank this. you. This has been a lot thank of fun. Um, NathanHolritz.com. Simplest, simplest place to go for access to everything. It links from there. So just an A-T-H-A-N and then H-O-L-R-I-T-Z.com. And you'll be able to link to the, I actually have a couple of different podcasts and a variety of brands. And uh, You have a couple? I didn't know you had two. What's the other one? One's kind of on pause, if you will, at the moment, but it's called A Love Portrait. And the, the notion is exploring how friends, family members, partners develop happy relationships. And relationships have fascinated, fascinated me for a long time. And, and I want to continue down that road as I have more opportunity. So um, that podcast is we've got a few episodes out and hoping in the near future to get back to it. Okay, Nathan, real quick. You do a lot of stuff. <laughs> You're multifaceted. You, I mean, you have so much going on and yet you seem so calm and organized and talking about needing to have healthy relationships. How in the world do you do all this stuff and still keep your head on straight? Team. Team. Very simply team. Yep. That's what it takes. And, you know, it's funny, actually, even that the, the love portrait or a love portrait, the podcast, my daughter's going to actually help me produce that. So how old is she? She's 16. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So that's really having cool. people around you in various uh, ways that can help support your efforts. Um, and, and even that you, know, we, you and I were talking earlier about the difference in relationships between those relationships that are vertical in nature, where you're above or below somebody yeah. versus horizontal relationships. Um, it's not about hiring somebody to work with me as much as the way that I'm kind of shifting my mindset, my mentality about it is having the opportunity to work, to add somebody else to my team or to work with somebody else, to come alongside them, to work with them toward achieving this particular goal. Well and then hopefully giving them an opportunity as well, a, a really great job in, in the process. But well said, working yeah. together as a team, that's what enables it. And I, I actually, it's really interesting. You know, a lot of people, I listen to a particular podcast, um, Joe Rogan, who hosts a very, very popular podcast. And I know he's very kind of polarizing, but one of the I things like him. He, he's had uh, Elon Musk on the show a couple of times. And I, I don't know why 
Elon didn't answer him directly, but Joe has asked him multiple times, how is it that you're able to do all these things? You, you know, your rockets to space and you got the car and you're building tunnels and doing mm -hmm, electric mm -hmm, and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. How are you able to do it? And, and of course I know, I know how it happens. He's got a mass, you know, thousands of people of at this point that are, they're enabling these things to happen. That's how he makes it happen. And that's where, that's where the success comes from. At the end of the day, if, if you're going to delve into multiple areas of life as an entrepreneur, you've got to build a really great team. And I'm really lucky to have a great team to work with. And I'm excited to continue to build it too. Yeah. I hope everybody, you all heard what he just said. Cause a lot of times we pull ourselves down. Like I'm not enough. I'm not working hard enough, whatever. And it's literally not that it's, we're trying to do too much and putting too much pressure on ourselves when we weren't designed to do the work of 10 men. Right. Um, yeah. let's go ahead and get into this real fast. I know we got to go. Um, if you are interested in asking future guest questions, all you got to do is text 501-214-4307 text podcast guests. Uh, and I want to get your questions like Dwayne did. And I think this is a fantastic question, Dwayne. I know I've done this millions of times, probably poorly, <laughs> is pivoting your brand. You realize that you need to change it. It's off course. I don't enjoy it. I don't want to do this anymore. What's the most gracious way for us to pivot when that needs to happen? I would just say very simply, proactively manage expectations. If you've got a, a client base or a fan base that's following you, Tell them the story and, and let them know mm. and, and do so certainly in advance. Don't surprise them one day and suddenly you've got a totally different brand. Let them know in advance, but proactively manage expectations and they'll come along for the ride. How do you bring together a personal brand with I maybe mean, the other brands that you're working with? Do you ever let those seep together? Because I know you have multiple things going and then you have your personal brand, which I don't know if that's something that you want to nurture or not. Do you allow some of that into your personal brand or do you keep everything super separate? Does that make sense what I'm saying? I, I don't personally have a, a personal brand, if you will. I have that site, Nathan Holrich, just because it's nice to have a kind of a... Well, I follow location. you on Instagram, so you do. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> thank you. But it's, it's a central location where people can go and just kind of see what I'm doing and, and link to my various businesses. But what I actually try to do is create companies, businesses that don't, at least in most, most cases, don't rely on my existence. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm in this stage of my life as an entrepreneur trying to do that even more so. We're, we're scaling the efforts. If for some reason, you know, I were to go away in some form or fashion tomorrow, could my company continue without me? So my goal isn't mm. really so much to, to build brands that are reliant on me. Although right now, I'm, I guess you could say I'm kind of the face of these brands. I don't want that to always be the case. Uh, I don't think that you really? can effectively scale companies. Yeah, I, you just can't effectively scale companies if they're singly reliant on one face or one person. That's just not the kind of... Again, if we want to create a lifestyle that brings us flexi flexibility and freedom mm. for ourselves as entrepreneurs, we, we don't need to be building businesses like that. But then if we also want to, to scale and potentially even sell that company at some point in time, then building your brand around you, your name, your face, it's limiting. So I'm, I try to avoid that, uh, but that's that's kind of the... So I, I, I guess to answer your question, I'm not so concerned about the two mixing. Uh, I'm very heavily involved in these brands and kind of getting them off the ground. And I have a podcast and it gives me a platform to talk about them. But at the end of the day, those companies should exist on their own. So you would identify more as an entrepreneur than a creative? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I shot, I shot weddings for about 10 years and it was compelling. I liked the relational aspect of it. The photographic piece of it, to me, wasn't as compelling. And I wanted a different type of challenge or more of a challenge. So getting into entrepreneurship, starting other companies, 
that's something that is, I, I like the challenge of it and I'm trying to get better at it. <laughs> that's an important self-awareness piece. Okay. We'll take this last question and let you go. And this actually goes into what you were just saying. So I want to do this one. If you have versions of your brand being more than just yourself and want it to be seen and thought of as that, AKA kind of pulling yourself away from the brand. Uh, what should you be doing in the building stages to position it properly? He says, I want his podcast to be much more than just a podcast. He's wanting to create something bigger than that, kind of pull himself away from it. I hope I'm translating that correctly. Any thoughts there? I think I would go back to team again. Make it a team effort. Mm, so when you good. think about kind of the old school radio shows, I know some of them still exist, like syndicated radio shows, for example. They aren't reliant on just one person. That's so and true. I think about actually a radio show, and right off the top of my head, I can't think of the name. It's been a while since I've actively listened to it. But Bobby Bones. Bobby Bones has built an empire. Do you know him? I think I'm, I may have heard the name before. This particular show was one that was a, a syndicated morning show that I would, we would listen to on the, the way to school with, with the kids um, okay. years ago. And the, the main host was tragically, uh, I think he had a heart attack or something like that and he passed away. Oh, wow. But the team was, it, it wasn't just him on the show, it was him. And then I think they had three other main co-hosts involved in the show and they have carried on. I mean, th this was five, six, seven wow. years ago, maybe wow. more. And they're still a syndicated show, um, last, last I heard. So if you were to build, if you want to build a podcast and not make it just about yourself, don't make it just about yourself. Bring on co-hosts, have regular guest hosts, rotate the hosts in and out. Smart. And, and build that brand, not around so much an individual, but as a concept, number one, and then the team that supports that concept. Hey, y'all, before we jet out of here, if you are looking to build a course or a membership site, build in some online income so you can fund your creative work, you know, bring in a little extra money monies. One of my favorite platforms, I'm not gonna lie to you, it's my favorite platform, is Kajabi. Almost everybody I work with, I somehow convinced to get onto Kajabi. I personally use it. It's an all-in-one platform for not only your email list, but also hosting your courses, your membership sites, and pretty much whatever you wanna do. You can do it on Kajabi. To start your free trial, all you have to do is go to heatherparody.com forward slash Kajabi. That is linked in the show notes. And start your trial for 14 days. I mean, technically, you could build a product, sell the product within two weeks, and it pays for itself. No sweat. Again, that is heatherparody.com forward slash Kajabi.